What is up, freelance writers? Um, I want to start this episode off with a question that uh, I've really never thought to ask uh, the freelance writing community before. But I think this is an important question that really a lot of people are either struggling to answer or failing very hard as a freelance writer because they haven't answered, you know? And the question is like, are you are you seriously still like sending out cold emails? You know, are you seriously are you seriously sending out proposals and uh, pitching all day? Is that is that what people are you know actually still doing in the freelance writing community? Because um, I think it's ridiculous. I think I, I, I think I think you know now that it, uh, I've learned a little better. And I'm not no expert, you know, I'm documenting the process of me learning better. But uh, looking back on when I started as a freelance writer, um, which by the way, welcome, my name is Dallas, this is the Freelance Writing Secrets uh, podcast. But uh, what I wanna say is now that I like learned a little better as a freelance writer and gotten, you know, some big sales, um, looking back, I think I really don't, I, 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 think, I think the idea of sending out cold emails all day and pitching is is, is is a stupid idea like it, it really makes no sense and it has no place in freelance writing you know if you look at any other community on the face of the planet uh any other business community no other business community does that and it's kind of like for some reason that freelance writing is stuck in the stone ages of sending out proposals and emails to companies that get thousands of emails a day that will never respond to you in the first place. And uh, when someone does respond to you, for some reason we jump for joy. Um, but really, when we send out cold emails and send out cold pitches, we put ourselves in a situation where, one, the client that we're gonna get is not gonna be very quality. They're not gonna be very high paying. They're gonna put a lot of workload on you, be very picky. Um, and that, you know, it puts us also in a situation where we can't get consistent work. You know, I feel like a lot of freelance writers in the modern era, you know, they're more than, because you got in freelance writing, am I right? You got in freelance writing to do writing because you kind of like writing and you want to get paid to write. But uh, rather than getting paid and actually writing, you spend more time than anything pitching. So you're more of a pitcher than a freelance writer. You're more of a like, a, oh, let me hop on Facebook and send out messages or send out emails all day, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails all day than someone who's actually getting money for writing. And, you know, I, I live like that. And uh, it's, it's terrible. It's awful. And it makes no sense at all. Um, man, if you're watching this video, this is probably not the first, you know, uh, how to freelance write. You know, this, 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 this freelance writing secrets, by the way, it's all about never pitching again you know how can freelance writers because this is something that i'm learning i'm in the process of learning i want to share with you what i've learned because it is insane insane and as, as a matter of fact it has taken me two years and about a couple thousand of my own money to learn the secret i'm documenting all in this little notebook um and i'm not going to share all of it with you today but uh eventually eventually we're going to get to that but um you know, freelance writers, you know, if you ever, you, know, you probably watch tons of videos throughout the internet on freelance writing from all these gurus that are, uh, 
I don't want to call them gurus because everybody online says that, but all these experts that really, you know, tell you to pitch and send out cold emails and you probably haven't had a lot of success and you feel like maybe this might be just another one of those videos telling you, you know, BS freelance writing information. And I want to say, man, first off, you know, if you struggled, you know, with sending out pitches all day, wasting your time, wasting your effort and wasting your energy and you struggle with getting high paying clients, you know, um, I'm talking about like five-figure clients um, as a freelance writer and you feel like you've wasted your time and energy thus far, I want to say it's, it's, it's really not your fault, you know? Uh, a lot of freelance writers, you know, their first gig on the internet is freelance writing. Um, that's the first thing they get into. That's the first thing they start doing. And the people that you listen to on YouTube, you know, the people that you look up to, the freelance writers who know it all, the first thing they ever did online was writing. And um, that's why you should really listen to these episodes because it's coming from the perspective of a marketer. Because someone who's a writer, they know how to write, but they've never learned the other side, how, to, how it is that they market and position themselves as a freelancer or as a freelance writing business to get clients coming into the door. Because like I said, these episodes are all about how do you automate the process? How do you get clients that are quality clients and that pay well, you know, five figures coming into you on autopilot, okay? Now, I've done multiple four-figure deals. Uh, I'm working on a few five-figure deals, and uh, so we're building up to that. But, um, yeah, that's what this podcast is all about. You know, how do we get rid of the, you know, effect of pitching all day, all freaking day long, because it is annoying and it's really ineffective. There's no way you can have a freelance writing career just sending out pitches all day. It does not work. Um, so this podcast is all about how you can stop pitching and have clients come to you, four-figure, five-figure clients come to you on autopilot. And I want to say, man, if you've experienced failure with that process or with growing, it's, it, like I said, it, it isn't your fault. It's just that, first of all, the, all the information out there is coming from writers and not from the perspective of actual marketers. Um, you might have concerns that, you know, some of the things that I'll tell you, you know, might not work because of all these failures that you had. I want to say, you know, I want to put those fears to rest because you you can do it, you know. You just had you just never had somebody explain it to you the right way, you know. Um, in fact, you know, a lot of freelance writers, you know, I've been in some of these chats, I've been in some of these communities, and it's a very snarky community. It's a very a posh community, way uptight. And I don't ever want any of that on this page, by the way. Um, it's very like uh, elitist, I guess. <laughs> I don't even know. Like um, the freelance writing community, a lot of it is just like. They talk down on each other, and it's not really a lot of help in the community. I almost feel like some of these experts in the freelance writing community are either they don't know or they're holding back some of the secrets that could help you actually excel as a freelance writer. Because, um, got a piece of skin on my lip. That's all going on. Because pitching as an idea is just primitive, and it, it makes no sense. And you've probably been trying that message, pitching over and over and over again, sending proposals through emails over and over again. Um, and it, it just doesn't work, right? Um, I feel like a lot of people are trying to hold others back and withholding the best information. Because as, if you look at anybody who's been successful as a freelance writer, that's not what they're actually doing. And so if you're watching this video, I want to re reignite your passion, not only for writing, but for the writing business that you you, you are at the, at the helm of. You know, I want to say that, you know, if you've had the vision, you know, of, um, freelance writing and having that be the only thing that you do you know when you're freelance writing and you're making money remotely 
and uh, you leave the job or whatever it is that you hate, um, you're getting clients in and getting business in consistently, you're getting paid well for that, you enjoy your clients, these are dream clients that are coming in, and you're not for a second of your day sending out emails or sending out pitches, uh, I wanna let you know, man, that's a possibility and you know that's something that can actually happen. Now, I don't have very much money. I'm documenting this process and I've gone through a lot of up and downs. I'm very hurt sometimes and I'm very up sometimes. Um, but as of now, you know, I've been swimming along and I don't have a job, like I'm not working. Um, anything else other than being a writer. Um, my whole thing is memoir launch, that's what I call it. But um, yeah, I wanna talk a little bit about that. I wanna talk a little bit about why I'm so against pitching and uh, what what is the alternative? What is the next thing that, as freelance writers, that we really need to start moving on to if we want to survive, especially with some of the way you know ways things have been turning now. But not only survive, how do we thrive? How do we get you and me to that place where we're getting ten thousand minimum for a book in a book campaign? You know, how can we get to the place where uh, and like I said, I know some things about this. So trust me on this. How can we get you to the place where you're not writing on the side and doing something that you hate? You know, how can we get you to a place where you're doing something that you're passionate about? You know you're earning from it hopefully and um or you're earning from it and uh you have freedom and autonomy in your life and you're not bogged down by the part of the business where you got to pitch all day and even how do you get to the place because i'll never write any of my stuff again to where you're not even writing uh, or you don't have to write if you don't want to because i write the things i love i write the things that i'm passionate about but uh you know it help it, you know it, it hurts volume when you do right but anyways um, to kind of discuss the new method, the new the, the new way that you probably haven't learned. Well, you definitely haven't learned. You haven't heard this anywhere, I guarantee you, unless you've explored other arenas. You kind of got to follow the story of a marketer. And so I kind of want to start with a story. You know, my personal journey started when I was kicked uh, out of college with a zero GPA. There was uh, This was 2016, I believe. And uh, I got ejected from college with a zero GPA. And uh, at the same time, when I was in college, I was working uh, a job. I was getting paid like this was a. I got a raise. I got a raise that actually got me to that platform. I was getting paid like nine dollars and fifty cents, and so that job was like a convenience store. And I had, you know, I would make the deli food. I would, you know, do the register work. I would uh, stock the freezers. I would mop the floors. It was kind of like a little convenience store that cooked chicken and things like that. Uh, back in the Maryland area, because uh, I'm from Maryland, and uh, I was living there at the time. And um, I was going to school. And I was um, working, working, working this job. I was doing two things that I really wasn't passionate about, and that I really didn't like. I, I kind of hated it. You know, I wasn't earning enough money. You know, I was with the girl that I'm with now at the time. You know, the love of my personal life, um, somebody I had known since even before going to college, being in high school. Uh, we 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 were together, and um, I envisioned a life that was different for myself from the very beginning. I envisioned a life that was different for myself. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in school and working because the society around me, my parents, my friends, you know, friends, parents, you know, are telling me, man, look, you're an adult. You got to work. You got to make money, even if that means sacrificing your own joy. That was the message that I was delivering. So I was in college and I was uh, working at the Royal Farms and uh, I really hated life during that period in time. And like I said, it conflicted badly with the vision that I had of my own personal life, which the vision of my personal life was one. I wanted to be free. 
You know, I would look at my timeline and see all these rich young guys. They're going to the Maldives. They're going to the Floridas. I hadn't even been up and down the East Coast, and I lived on the East Coast. They're going to the Los Angeles. It was a dream of ours to move out to Los Angeles. Um, they're experiencing all these different things, you know. They're free. They don't have this job or this school or this family holding them back. Um, you know, I envisioned, you know, actually getting paid from something that I enjoyed, something that I was passionate about, not cooking chicken or stocking freezers, you know. Uh... I wanted to spoil this girl that I was with, you know what I'm saying, or that I am with, you know, because she meant the world to me. I remember we would sit up late at night and talk about the visions that we had, of the houses that we would have, of the freedom that we would have, of the money that we have, of the love that we would have. You know, uh, I was going to give her the world. And that was on, that, that's what was on my mind at the time. And when you're doing something that you don't like, you're in a constant state of burnout. And so what happened to me is I didn't want to be in school. I didn't want to be at that job. And so... As a result of burnout, I stopped doing everything. I got a zero GPA in college, removed my financial aid and kicked me out. And on the other hand, at the work, you know, I was so balked and so burnt out December 1st of 2016, I kind of just walked out in the middle of the pouring rain and I was bent to figure it out. And it's kind of where the marketing ideas come into place. You know, uh, is, is freelance writing your first thing? Is that the first thing you've done? Because if it's not the first thing you've done, you know a little bit of what I'm talking about, how some of this auxiliary information can come in play and really further your game. There, Other in industries are miles and miles and miles and miles ahead of the freelance writing game. And that's something that freelance writers really don't know about. Okay, and so between 2017 and 20, 2019, I've tried and failed to start multiple businesses. I tried and failed to start multiple businesses. You know, I went through business after business after business after business. Um, the first business was a business called um, the Beat Buddy System. Um, I'm very passionate about music. My ultimate goal is gonna really be to proceed to music. But with that business, it was the idea of uh, you join my list and I'll send out beats to you every weekend. Um, that was that was that was that was that was that initial idea I had, and that went from uh, January of 2017 to April of 2017. Um, and I got one sale from that business for $9.95. Uh, it was from a guy in California named Jawanza, uh, which was cool. But the business ultimately up, went up and went down. Um, the next business was I was making courses, selling internet information, which, to be honest, I didn't know anything about. <laughs> but I, I was trying to make it work. The course never sold a dime. Um, I went through that process over and over and over and over and over again. And I really didn't make any money. I lost about $5,000 spending on advertisements. Um, and I was trying to do everything within those business at, you know, within those businesses, you know, I would make the beats for the B-Buddy system. I'd run the ads to the webpage. I designed the webpage. I made the videos for the webpage. Like I was doing everything and I was becoming more and more and more exhausted as time went on. Okay. It wasn't until two years later, which by the way, throughout this two year span, you know, you know how it goes. You try with an idea, then you fail and you try with an idea and a fail, but eventually you start to wisen up. And so what happened in that two year span that helped me with writing was I tried and I failed, but when I tried and I failed, I learned new ideas. I would go and digest courses on marketing. Uh, you know, I bought Ty Lopez social media marketing course. I would watch his videos when he used to go live every single day. I remember it vividly. Um, like, the, you know, I would, uh, I started listening to the Marketing Secrets podcast by Russell Brunson, which was a real lifesaver. Uh, I started listening to Frank Kern, uh, Your Next Million. I started listening to all these marketing guys and all these marketing podcasts and started to learn how it is that I market my business. But I was failing over and over and over again with actually doing the marketing of my business. I remember this time, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, man, the time was hellish. If I wanted to describe it as something, to be honest. It was hellish, man. Uh, 
let's just put it like this. Um, there's something that happens in the human body when they don't contribute to the life around them. And it's something that happens in the lives around you when they realize you, you're not contributing. And so I had no schooling, I dropped out, and I had no job for two year span. And what that was like was, I felt useless. I felt valueless. And to be honest, I felt like I was burdened to everybody around me. You know, I didn't feel like a man in my personal relationship or really I didn't feel like a partner because that's what partners do. They provide for their other partner. They help in their relationship regardless of what their gender is. Um, and I wasn't doing any of that. I was dragging my feet and I was dragging everybody along with me. And so it had gotten to the point where, because you know, when I first started to do the little business thing, I was telling everybody, man, I'm gonna make a million dollars, man. The business is gonna be big. Because I saw all these other internet entrepreneurs popping up. Like, man, we made 200,000 a month from drop shipping and all these different opportunities. And I dabbled with so many of these opportunities and really didn't have success. But I remember the embarrassment started to come in after the first few weeks when I realized, okay, we might not make a million in a month. Y'all should all keep y'all jobs and uh, it's gonna be a long ride. People started to come up to me, friends and family, and like, man, how's the business thing going? Yeah, yeah, did you get the did you get the million dollars yet? Oh, should I have quit my job, you know? Uh, and past a certain point, it started to really turn to malice. Like, uh, it was, it, all these comments had become, you know, they, they had began to become venomous towards me. And um, it got so bad to the point where I really just secluded, I locked up, and I didn't want to speak to anybody. Uh, I was in the midst of a storm. Um, I would literally, uh, man, like I remember like literally arguments every time I saw my parents like back and forth and back and forth and back and forth like they were very you know upset with me I mean I was so embarrassed to the point where I, I didn't even want to see anybody's face you know when everybody got up in the morning and went to work and school and all these different things like I kind of just felt like I was the odd one out and I was useless and everybody did their part and could come home and be happy about that but I was home the whole time when my younger brothers were going to school in the morning they had something to do they had a life to live and uh I wasn't really doing anything like that. I wasn't valuable to anybody, you know? I just felt like I was the worst part of everyone's life, you know what I mean? And it got to me to the point where uh, I felt bad when I would eat food from my house, the refrigerator, because somebody went enslaved to get that food and I didn't do anything for it. Like I felt like a leech and a parasite. And you know, be honest, people started to call me a leech and started to call me a parasite. These were things, you know, some of my brothers called me, you know, they would send me a message. He said, uh, when do you realize everybody's just waiting for you to grow up? You know, um, a lot of these things, you know, call me a bum. Um, and it got to the point where I just, I started skipping dinners. I started skipping because it was a community thing and I didn't want it. I didn't, I didn't feel right in that community. Every time I ate a morsel of food, I just felt like I was just taking and banned that leech that everybody, I felt that everybody felt that I was. And uh, so I would leave out sometimes early in the morning 8 a.m., 7 a.m. before everybody woke up so I didn't have to speak to anybody and made fun of I would go about my girlfriend. And uh, I would come back 1 a.m. at night so I just didn't have to be seen. You know, I didn't even want... You, you have ever been in a position where you just don't even want people to see you? You know, and that's kind of what... <laughs> the position that I... That's kind of how I felt. Um, it was a storm. The days where I stayed home, I would stay in my room all day and I would be so hydrated and hungry it felt like someone was drilling a hole in the side of my head with a little drill bit. Um, and I would watch videos all day, how to make this business thing, how to make this business thing, how to make this business in America. And I was wondering, I was seeing all these people making it. And I'm like, why doesn't these things work for me? 
You know, that's the question I was wondering. And you probably feel this way, right? Sometimes about freelance writing, why isn't it, why isn't it working? I've learned the new strategy from so-and-so and I've applied it, but I haven't gotten the results that so-and-so got with the same exact strategy. And um, it got to the point where, you know, I kind of just broke. I kind of just broke. I'm like, Man, I don't know if I can do this. Um, I'm tired of when my parents go out on a drive to go to the, go to the store, sneak it out of the room just to get something to eat, just to survive. And it got to the point where I just was like, okay, the storm has to end. I'll make everybody happy. I'll go and get a job. And I got a job at the local Target. I was working 4 a.m. in night shifts. And listen, I promise this story is going somewhere. This is where freelance writing actually comes into play. Um, I was working that job just looking for a solution. Just, you know, I started that job, you know, just to, it felt good at first. I remember cashing that first check. It was like $138 at the local liquor store and getting it in cash and feeling like, because during that entire stint of time, remember, I don't have money. My girlfriend is working the whole entire time. And most of the time when we went out to eat, she would pay for the food that we were eating. And so I got this little bit of money. I'm like, yes, I can pay for a dinner. I can, <laughs> I can do something for this, you know, for this partnership that I'm in. Um, and it felt good at first, but then my mind started to go back, man. I want these things that I want. Same way you, you can, can you relate to these things? You know, can, do you want freedom in your life that you don't have? Are there places and sites and things that you want to see that you can't see? Are there, you know, and could have influx of clients, if clients just started pouring in automatically, would you, you know, without you doing anything, and it's a simple fix for that, I promise you. What, how, how, how would that change your life? Envision what life could be like. If, if all these clients were four or five figure clients, you know, the answer to the question is a lot simpler than you think. And I'm going to go into that. Okay. But I want to proceed with the story. Um, so I went and got this job, but I was just looking for anything. I was looking for anything that was, you know, it was, you know, the problem with, you know, marketing and building my own business, but there are so many roles to play that I just couldn't fill. And so I was looking for a thing that didn't have those types of roles. Uh, that I could do on my own, that I could do easily. I didn't want to have to run ads. I didn't want to have to make websites. I didn't want to do any of that. And so I was working that job, and uh, the pattern was I would wake up at 3.30 a.m. Uh, I would go to sleep at 12 a.m. because I wanted to enjoy the life that I had. But I would wake up at 12 a.m., go to work at 3.30 a.m., um, wake up at 3.30 a.m. for work. I mean, go to sleep at 12 a.m., work up at 3.30 a.m. for work. It's freezing cold outside. Sometimes it's raining. It's, it's awful. And I'm, I'm tireder than anything. Like my body is almost falling apart. That's how tired I am. And I would pop up out the bed five minutes, not even brush my teeth, just get dressed and run off to work 1.3 miles up the road. And I would walk through the middle of the night, pitch black, it's pitch coldness, just feeling absolutely sorry for myself and miserable. And uh, this cycle was worth it because it was easier to deal with that than the pain of being a burden to everybody else, else remaining, feeling that disappointment and feeling that anger towards me. And so I was, I was, I was, a, I was a bit complacent with it, but I was burning out and I was still looking for opportunities to do something different. And, uh, I remember, you know, one day my manager had said something very disrespectful to me and, uh, it kind of heightened my state of wanting to leave. And I remember going home and looking up different videos online of things they could do five different side hustles that, that make it work and this is where freelance writing comes into play because it was like a video with five different things you can do to earn a hundred dollars a day it was a guy named tanner tanner j fox on youtube um and he said one of those things that you could do was you could make money online by writing ebooks for people on fiverr and i was like oh man that sounds spectacular like i i, I enjoy writing i had already written two little books that did nothing uh prior to that i wrote two books and um I, you know, I, I, writing was a thing that I just did sometimes. I wrote poetry all the time. I wrote raps all the time. Like, 
So I'm like, man, this this is something that if this works, this could be this could be it. This could be a thing. Mind you, I just went through two years of business failure without earning anything. And so I'm just like, okay, uh, if I'm going to throw a Hail Mary, let's throw this Hail Mary. Let's try it. And so I went into freelance writing. Okay. And this is where the story takes, believe it or not, a turn for the worse. You know, uh, it's great at first, right? Freelance writing started out a beautiful thing for you, right? But it might be more stressful now than anything. Is that accurate? Um, think about it like this. I remember starting freelance writing thinking just, man, no one's going to pay you to write. Who would pay pay somebody to write a book? Okay. And uh, I got I, I get I set up my Fiverr profile and I set up my you know my 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 uh, three tier payment tiers according to what I thought this this service was worth. So it was like a thousand words for five dollars, five thousand words for uh, ten dollars, and ten thousand words for twenty dollars. And I'm like, man, no one's gonna buy that. I leave it and just leave. You know, walk away, go back to work, go back to regular life. Um, the frustration from earlier had subsided. And so I go back to work and a week later, I completely forgot about it. Um, a notification gets sent to my email. Somebody, you know, messaging you. I go back to the thing like, what? Somebody's messaging me. It's this guy from India. Uh, we're talking back and forth, talking back and forth, talking back and forth. He said, okay, yeah. Um, can I use the lowest package? Can I, I want an article written about X, Y, and Z. I believe it was a digital marketing related thing because that's all I knew at this point. Just a bunch of marketing information. Um, and so I said, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm like, he's not going to buy sale comes through a thousand words for five dollars i'm like wow okay there's something to this i'm making a little bit of money okay i'm not, I'm not really telling anybody i'm not ecstatic yet you know it's just just a fluke but that's more money than i made in business in two whole years so i'm like there must be something to this this is a big win for me um i fulfill his thing i fulfill his work and i'm like okay i just forget about it again two weeks later this lady and i believe she follows his page named lenora love buys a you know buys a, a, a ten thousand word book for twenty dollars i'm like what people spend money on writing material like I'm, I'm 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 like i'm jittery like i'm getting like that's more money than i made in two whole years of business and i didn't have to run ads i didn't have to do any of that stuff i didn't have to market it at all right or so you thought um and so I'm like this, this, this $20 sale comes in for $10 and like literally blows my mind. Like I remember that day just feeling like weightless, you know, but you know, I'm, I'm still tame. I'm still tame. But this job that I was working started to collapse around me. Like the vision that I had of freedom that light at the end of the tunnel was starting to peek through again. And I'm like, Ooh, like I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It took, I went through it, but this is the end, man. This is the end of the journey. I'm going to break through the freedom. The next thing that happens is, you know, I get a little, I'm feeling a little, little, little frisky. You know, so I'm like, okay, how far can we push this after a few orders? Um, so the next thing I did, I was like, okay, I'm going to make it 70, uh, $70, I believe. Um, so I bumped it up for $70. I'm not sure that anyone's going to buy. Uh, and this order comes in for this entertainment company out in uh, Korea named Entourage Seoul. Seoul, however you pronounce it. Uh, no disrespect to anybody. And uh, then I remember... Ah, man, I was sitting in my girlfriend's bathroom because I was over at her house. It was a, it was a, it was a, I don't remember what month it was, but it was cold outside. It was snowing. Um, and it was a bright white sky. It was a, it was, it was a day kind of like this one right here. And, uh, it was a very relaxed day. We were watching movies on the TV and I went up to go to the bathroom. Just sitting on the toilet, you know, um, I'm telling her, man, I made, I moved this package to $70. So you like, if somebody buys, I'm going to quit my job right now. That's what I told her. And uh, I remember sitting on the toilet, man, 
And um, this guy, yo, his name Entourage. So he just, he didn't, he didn't even send me like a message or anything. He just bought, and it wasn't a seventy dollar order. It was a ninety five dollar order because he bought one of the little add ons that you can add. One of my add ons was the funnels because I made funnels at the time, and uh, it was ninety five dollars. And I think my worldview pretty much just changed at that point completely. I'm like ten thousand words. It's worth a hundred dollars. You're gonna give me a hundred dollars for 25 page pages. I remember just breaking it down in my head over and over again. Like that's four dollars per page. Like insanity. Like I don't know. Like that day felt surreal. If the other day was weightless, that day felt surreal. I just remember like that was the smoothest, most pleasurable number two that I ever had in my life. And I remember just bursting out of the bathroom, just completely excited thinking that the vision is revived. I'm telling my girlfriend, like, yo, somebody just bought for $100. And we kind of, like, had a little celebration. Like, yeah, like, this is working. And I remember going home and telling my parents. And my mother was like, man, come on now. That ain't really, you know, that was a fluke. No one's really going to buy it. Like, but they couldn't stop. They couldn't break my spirit. Like, I was too lit, bro. Like, I had, like, the joy, you know, from being, like, you know, I, I was a wrestler in high school. And I was a good wrestler. And I, I feel like I got a lot of praise for that. But after high school, it was like instant loser mode. And this was kind of like a, like a reinvigoration. Like, you, you can be something again, you know? And I, was just, I just felt like, I was a, like I'm the man. And I'm in, I'm in business, you know what I mean? I felt, I felt lit, man. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it. The next thing that happened was um, I remember just feeling like, okay, let's just do it. I kept bumping it up, bumping it up, bumping it up. And eventually, we got to $200. And a guy named, what was his name? Uh, always blank on his dude's name mac mike x his name mike x underscore on fiber he bought for 200 dollars. he was the first buyer for 200 dollars, and it was a rap after that you know it was a rap I, I was so excited um instantly the switch in my mind of employee at target just kind of fell away i'm like man I'm, I'm i'm free now this is the end you know i'm gonna build this business and i'm gonna escape um weeks start to fly by and it's amazing at first. It, it, it feels unreal. It is amazing at first. And life is finally turning around. I felt like God was playing a joke on me. And it was finally over. I was getting the reward for all the pain and the trial that I went through. And so weeks had began to fly by. And I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to break past the 200 limit, $200 limit on 10,000 words. It was pretty good at the time, but I still wanted more. I wanted more. And so I'm going and looking on YouTube for all this different information. I'm, you know, I'm looking in, in our community. I'm, I'm looking and asking for people like, what are you charging? Everybody's saying they're charging way higher amounts and things like that. And they're not really being nice about it, but I'm looking up all these different freelance writing videos. Like, how do you make a freelance writing business? I'm learning so much about it, but I can't break past that 200 mark. And that's where things had began to turn a little bit. Things that began to kind of go a little bit downhill because this was the pattern of life at this point. Where it was beautiful at first and I was earning extra money on the side, just like with the other businesses, because I was the person doing the majority of the heavy lifting in the business, even though it was just one thing I had to do, was right. I started to tire out a little bit. Um, you know, and you feel like this, right? From, you know, pitching all day, it's not a long-term strategy. You start to tire out. But I wasn't even pitching. I was just writing. You got to pitch and then you got to write. That is insanity. And so I was I was waking up in the middle of the night, 3.30 a.m., three hours of sleep, going to work at four, working the nines, 10, 11, 12, manual labor job. So we didn't really work that many hours, five days a week. And 
the days, the two days of the week that I had off, it, when it would get, I would be sitting there at the laptop instead of going to work 12, 12 a.m. in the morning, 1 a.m. in the morning, 2 a.m. in the morning, 3 a.m. in the morning, writing and mashing to get out a 10,000 word project all the way into the morning came. And uh, so in effect, the time there where I would get off of work and I would go to sleep, I was spending writing and I was exhausted and I was tearing myself apart. I couldn't escape this job that I hated. I couldn't get the freedom that I wanted. I had more work on my plate, but I didn't have enough juice for that squeeze. I didn't have enough money to make up, make up for all that extra work that I was doing. And it began to suck. I began to realize, man, $200, which is really $160, which five takes 20% for 10,000 words is chump change. And I'm sitting here grinding all late in the morning, you know, throughout the entire night trying to get projects done by people who I don't even really want to work with because I don't have any other choice. Uh, I can't move out of my parents' house because I don't have enough money. I can't take my girlfriend out to dinner because I'm still, my bank account's still zero on the weekend. I've got a bigger problem than I had before. So I run the freelance writing community. I'm looking at all these people on YouTube. Um, you know, because Fiverr is just not going to work. You know, they're not going to buy past 200 on Fiverr. Um, and so I started looking through all these different people, you know, the, the, the legends of the community, you know, the, um, you know, like Elna Kane, uh, uh, creative revolt, that entire right of revolts, uh, movement. And, uh, they started saying cold email, cold email, cold pitch. And that's the best way to do it. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is good. And I, I just go on a tear. I go on a tear. I start cold pitching. I start cold emailing. And, uh, I was bummed at this point, you know, that didn't really work. Um, and I was just kind of exhausted. And so I kind of start freelance writing for a, a little bit. You know, I would take on a little one client here and there. But every client that I took on, I kind of just freaking hated at this point. Like it was, it was, it was, it wasn't even worth it. Um, and so the summer of 2019, which is when this all occurred, kind of flew by all the way up into August 26th. There were two events that happened that kind of changed the course of everything. Um, I'm sitting here taking one client on at a time. I'm bummed out. I don't really know what to do. Um, it, it just, life just, life is just hard at this point. It's hard. And, but I, so I decided to take a little break and my girlfriend, she's an actor. She loves to act. And so we were in DC filming a film that she was a part of. And we were on the set every day. And I remember it was one night in DC. It was the last day of filming, actually, August 26th. We're chilling in the city. It's pitch black out 2 AM at night. It's about eight of us there. And I remember a guy comes across the street and asks for a cigarette. He asked the group, you know, it's six of them up there and two of us down here. The people who are up there are like the actresses and the director and me and the other guy, Dizzy, we were just kind of on set helping out. And he asked them for a cigarette, allegedly. That's what they told me after the fact. And he walked back across the street. I remember not thinking anything of it. But I remember seeing the same guy about five minutes later coming back across the street. And that's when a little red flag went over in my mind. Like something's not right about this. Why is he coming back and why is he walking like that? And so he pulls up right next to my girlfriend and he pulls out a pistol. Most surreal thing I ever seen in my life. Like it was like, you know, um, it was, it was, man, I, I can't even explain how it felt. And he, he starts waving around. He says, everybody get on the ground. Everybody get on the ground. I take a few steps forward and she said, get down. And I just got down on the ground. And I remember it, it was, it, 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 man, it felt like lifetimes were passing in the moments, you know? I remember just thinking about her and thinking about everything, just thinking about life and just, but really just thinking about her more than anything. And I just remember feeling like, 
because he came over to me at one point and he held the gun to my back and patted me down. I felt from feeling like a darkness was over me, you know, and, and, and that, you know, we could all die here. You know, I'm splattered on DC pavement at 22 years old. Um, but, you know, he just left. He, he didn't take any money He because did, we didn't have anything. We were poor. And he kind of just walked off. And that instance in my mind really cemented the brevity of every moment that we have. And it kind of got me thinking a little different, as well as her. And so, you know, whew, after that, I kind of decided, you know, because everything came to a close together. Sorry, my iPhone footage um kind of got used all up. So yeah, um basically what happened that day is you know, I kind of got a sense of the brevity of life and like that everything is you could be here and gone one minute. And I wanted to live my life. I wanted to go all in on this business, on this freelance writing thing and figure it out so that I could have the life that I want. And so I had in my mind already I was quitting my job. You know, from all the arguments that were happening before, my parents were kind of like, it kind of started to build up again and boil over. And they wanted me to go to college. They gave me an ultimatum even before that robbery had happened. They said, uh, you're either going to go to college or you're going to pay rent living here. And I kind of thought it was a bluff. And I also kind of thought the robbery would cancel it out. And so after robbery, you know, I went into my job and I was like, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm, I'm not staying here. And I walked out that day. It was September 5th, 2019, and uh, I never went back. And so what happened, there was a collision course between me not wanting to work anymore and wanting to work on this business. And this last check I had was getting for my job. I was going to put it all into the business and try to do whatever I could. And on the other side, my parents, they wanted rent. And so I hadn't told them that I quit my job, and I wasn't going to tell them because of the history that had happened before. And so we kind of came to a head and one night, it was September uh, 5th of 2019. Um, you know, I came in the house, uh, I said, I don't have it. And, uh, you know, things happened and I kind of just left. And I wasn't gonna have a place to stay. I wasn't gonna have a place to live. And uh, it was such a bitter moment. I felt so alone, like, you know, because not only did I feel betrayed, like I thought you would understand after this robbery that I went through where my head might be at. But on top of that, I felt like, man, all this work and commitment that I put into pursuing my dreams and my purpose and God, like, or whoever, because I'm not very religious, but you know, don't you get rewarded by stuff like this in real life? You know, something's supposed to happen that saves me. And it was supposed to work out in a way that wasn't that. Um, to make a long story short, my girlfriend, she wasn't going to allow me to sleep on the ground. And so I started living with her. And, uh, you know, that was an experience that was, it wasn't me. You know, it wasn't me at all. Um, she was still working. She still had her job. And she was paying for a lot of the things that she was paying for everything. You know, I was living with her mother. Her mother was paying for everything uh, of ours when she didn't have money because she had to pay for me. 
And uh, man, I, I just didn't feel like a, a good partner. I didn't feel like a, I, I'm gonna keep it a buck fifty, you know. No matter how this might sound, I felt emasculated, bro. It hurt. It hurt. Every moment just felt awkward. Imagine like, you know, and I'm already like an introverted person, so imagine living with other people that you don't really know all too well. Like you know them, but it's like you don't know them enough to live with them. I felt like a strange, even more of a stranger there than I felt in my own house, and it was a uh, it was a confusing feeling for me. Man, I remember those days. Man, I was down bad. I, I felt so low. Like I, I, I you know, I, I don't think I could have felt worse. You know, I felt sick of me, of what I become. Five years, four years, how long had it been? I was telling this girl about all the dreams that we would aspire to, that we would have the world, and now I was holding her back from those things that she wanted the most. That was a knife in the heart. You know, I remember just some mornings I would wake up and I would just feel sick at myself, sick at the circumstance. You know, like another day of this, another day of facing this. And so... Here's kind of what life was like, man. I kind of got into freelance writing again at that point because that's all I knew how to do. That was the only thing on the internet that had made me money. And so I kind of just started dabbling with it. But the robbery had affected both of us, not just me. And she was sick of working too. She had dreams too. And so I remember we were watching this Apple Keynote one day, Keynote one day, key, Keynote one day, and I don't know what it was about the keynote, but, uh, you know, she was watching someone else live her, live out their dream. Essentially it was what it was. And it kind of made her realize like, man, I could be this amazing too. I can, I can aspire to accomplish things like this too. And somewhere along those lines, she had got it in her mind. She had always felt this honestly, but it, it you know, it became more urgent at the moment that she wanted to be an actor more than anything in the world. And she was going to do anything to make it happen. And so, you know, um, she had came to me coming up on, the, you know, coming up on November was about October. And she had told me, look, this is what I want to do. I want to go to acting school in Los Angeles. Now, uh, this class is starting on December 1st. I want to leave November 24th. And, you know, that's what I want to do. That's, that's my dream. And this wasn't said, but what I, what, you know, what I kind of felt was this, or what I've kind of just knew intuitively was this. Look, she wants to go live out this dream. She has resources to make that happen. But, you know, and she would never, you know, just brush me off like this, of course. But here's the thing. I can't. This dream cannot manifest if she has to take care of me, if I have to be a burden to this dream. And I realized I was holding back all of this from happening. And so I had two choices really in front of me. I could make it happen through the writing thing because that's the only thing that ever worked for me. Or I could stay here and be homeless in the middle of winter because I was not going to live with her mother and my pride would not allow that by myself at least. It would just be weird. And so I remember not knowing how it would happen, but I remember just making a commitment. Like after all that we've been through, after all that happened, I'm going to, I'm going to ride for you. I got to, I got to, I don't have a choice. And so 
I just told her, man, look, just just go ahead, just do it, focus on it. When this when when November 24th comes around, I'm going to have the money. I'm going I'm going to have the money. I'm going to get it for you. And so, I set a plan. Like, okay, if these people say pitch, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pitch. I'm going to pitch until my face is blue. And so this was my kind of my daily routine. Um, she would go to work at the mall every single morning. There were two problems with that. One, her grandmother did not know I was living there at all. Okay. And so if I were to stay home, it would kind of be confusing. Like, why are you here if she's not here? And it would be a little bit of an issue. The second point was um, her mother also didn't know that I didn't work. Or maybe she knew. I don't, I don't know. But maybe she knew low-key and didn't say anything. But she didn't know that. And we didn't want to really bring that. Well, I didn't really want to bring that situation to the forefront because it was just weird and it would just, it would just dirt me in a time where I just didn't need that any longer. And so I was living in a false identity. And what I would do was every time she woke up to go to work, you know, I would go with her and just say, "Hey, I have a shift too." Um, and I would sneak out of the house, and I would go with her, and you know, she would go to work, let's say 9 a.m. in the morning, and she would be there at eight for eight hours. And every single last day, I remember just going down to the library over and over again because when she went up to work in Towson at the mall, and there was a library around the corner, I would go to the library, take my laptop out of this big bag, and get on the internet at the library. And I wasn't even talking to my parents anymore at this point in time. And so, you know, you can see how confusing all the situations become. And I remember just getting on the computer every single day. And I would just grind, 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 grind. I remember sending out hundreds of pitches every day. Hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I would send out all these pitches and I would go and refer to the people uh, on the internet that said to do it in the first day. Okay, what's, how do I write a pitch? How am I going to write a... You know, I remember setting up... Because none of these things matter. And that's why... I just think the way freelance writing is run nowadays is just stupid. You know, you don't having a website doesn't matter. Being a good writer doesn't matter. It doesn't help you get clients. It doesn't help you get high paying clients. Having samples doesn't matter. And most importantly, pitching doesn't matter. Pitching doesn't matter at all. How many good clients have you got from pitching? Pitching, pitching does not matter. Pitching is, is, is a it's a it's a bad it's bad business. That that's what pitching is. And I feel passionately about this because I struggle with it too. I remember sending out hundreds of pitches every day. I would go to these Facebook groups. I would go to these emails. I would go to, directly to the company, like just sending out pitch after pitch after pitch, just frantic on making something happen. Like my heart these days are in my throat, you know, because it's mid-November. It's coming down to the wire and something has to give. I remember uh, a little bit of the way through November. We probably have like, what, 12 days left, 11 days left. Um... I realized, you know, I would get so many nasty messages like, oh, you can't even spell right. How are you going to write for me? Uh, uh. You know, I would send people the, you know, they'd say, okay, how much is this going to cost? And I'd tell them they ghost me. People, you know, a lot of people just wouldn't respond to the emails. And I was in a huge rut. I was in a huge rut. I didn't know what I was going to do at all. Um, I lost sleep about it. Sometimes I would go out in the middle of the night and just stare at the sky and just feel like the loneliest person in the world like nobody had my back and there was nothing out there pushing me to make it or helping me out in this this, this crisis more or less uh, man I and it stayed that way I, I sat there and one day it, it, things had you know I had come to a kind of a bottom you know I, I had come to a, a complete halt when I, I felt like it was hopeless like the situation wasn't going to work and I was just going to have to I don't know I, I don't know what I was going to do I didn't know 
And I remember I stopped listening to all the people who experts in the freelance writer community. And uh, I just started to ponder, started to think about my entire two year history and all the fears that I went through. And that kind of went down a rabbit hole of peeling back some of the layers of, you know, my strategy. And I started to go back and listen more primarily to the to the marketers in my life that I had listened to before and some of their information because it always seemed just more intricate, more sensible than banging on the door every single day. Uh, I was exhausted. I was burnt out. But, you know, again, it was time just to store Hail Mary for the life and the dreams that you want. Let's just throw a Hail Mary. And so I remember listening to, because Russell Brunson, one of the marketers, I found about it, found out about it through his podcast. It was this thing called the 30-Day Challenge. And it was a summit where he was going to do 30 days of interviews with these entrepreneurs who've made a million dollars in one of his funnels on his website. And so one of the speakers came on, and I heard a lot from this guy before, Myron Golden, but I remember just listening through speaker after speaker after speaker. I was completely unmotivated. And really just, just trying to find anything that works. And a speaker named Myron Golden, you know, comes on. I'm listening through him talk. And nothing's really hitting me. I have no ideas. I'm kind of at a dead end at a, at a wall. And I remember walking. I was I was coming from the library because uh, she was at the mall. But she was on her lunch break. She was in a full court waiting for me. And I remember it was a sunny day. It was warm out. Uh, it was probably like fall, maybe late fall. Um... It was, well, it was in November, so of course it was late fall. So it's sunny, but it's, it's warm. You know, it's kind of chilly, kind of windy, but warm to where the sun would touch your skin and, you know, you'll be all right. And I was walking through from the library um, and I was coming through this little narrow road. Um, ahead of me was this new apartment complex in Towson called the Avalon that they were building. And I remember just seeing the guys, you know, in the cranes and in the windows doing the work and hearing the little jackhammer that they ran into the ground. Uh, the cityscape around me it's just like a light like a nice light fall day it was beautiful but I didn't feel the beauty inside of me and it you know I remember cutting through this path uh it's like you know it's just a street and then the street has these stairs going up because it's like the movie theater up there and then uh, it's this restaurants on either side called Perry Perry and it's a fountain in the middle and I remember cutting up that stairs when the audio suddenly came back into my consciousness and Myron Garner was speaking again. He didn't speak the entire time, but something he said just pulled me out of that lull. And I rewind it back just to kind of catch with a little bit what he said from the beginning. And what he said, it kind of just put me in a blank space. It kind of, it was it was kind of like a feeling just came over me, and I knew like this was what I had been missing the entire time. The words just kind of just jumped out of the page, out of the video, and just materialized in my mind, like, in the form of some type of goal. I can't even explain how it felt, which is crazy, because I had listened to Myra Golden multiple times at the Target on the night shift. Manager said, we can't have any headphones. I would put in the headphones, and I would listen to all these different marketers, and he was on, he was an interviewee guest on another marketer's podcast who had worked with Russell Brunson. I remember dodging between the aisles, just listening to some of the things that he said. And everything that I had learned in marketing had kind of come together at, one, at this point in time when I heard the statement that he made. He said this, you know, a lot of people think getting leads, which leads is like people who come in and become your clients. Getting leads or getting clients, you can replace that word with clients if you don't know what leads are. Getting leads, a lot of people think, is a matter of finding the leads, right? So we go out, we send pitches to people all day. But he said, 
in truth, it has nothing to do with it. Getting leads is simply a matter of putting your message in a place that allows it to be more visible to your leads. It's not about finding them. It's about making your message more visible to them. I hope you feel. Do you feel like I feel when I heard that? Because I hope you do. I was listening just the other day to a marketer named Stephen Larson who actually interviewed Myron Golden and he was the first time I had heard of Myron Golden. This is what he said. Steve Larson said, uh, just to kind of put a metaphor to it, a lot of people on the internet try to get clients by like, let's say they're fishing, by reaching in the water and trying to grab a fish. That's, that's what you do when you send out pitches. You reach in the water and grab a fish, right? Um, but here's the thing about that. You don't catch fish that way. You don't catch fish that way. It doesn't really work. Even if you're trying to catch a big fish with your hands too small, it'll never work. A lot of us are reaching, trying to catch big clients, and it, it just doesn't work. What you do instead is you make, you know, he says what we're doing is pushing. What good marketing does, which was why you got to put on your marketing cap, is pulls. You throw the bait in the water. You wait for the fish to come over. You put your message, the bait, where it's visible. You wait till they come over. Then you pull them on out. That's the entire concept that I was missing all along. Um, think about reputable companies. And, 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 and that's the difference, man. If you're coming to somebody, it's clear that you need them. You're coming to them, you're pitching them, which is going to cheap the, cheapen the quality of your service. You won't get a client that's really interested. You won't get a client that pays high. And you'll spend all your time trying to get clients in the first place. You know, it would be like, imagine this, if Adidas, for example, DM'd you personally and was like, hey, I want you to buy our shoes. You'd be like, this ain't the real Adidas. You kind of feel like it was a scam or something, 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 something fishy about it. Because something so, something so reputable would never come to you directly. Who does that? You know, instead what Adidas does is they put their message, make their message visible where everybody can see it. Maybe everybody's watching the Super Bowl and it just comes across the screen. All the people who wear Adidas are sitting right on their couch and they just put the bait right there in front of them. And that's what other industries do that freelance writers don't do. You see, the key is not to pitch every day. Find clients and pitch them. Just take your pitch, take your message, and put it where all of your clients can see it. And there's a strategy to that. And uh, I'm not going to elaborate too much on it today, but the basis of it is you have to find the distribution channels that have direct contact with your clients and put your message on those distribution channels. That's all you have to do. So I was watching Shark Tank uh, before I left sometime when I was, you know, a while ago. And it was this company called the Ring Doorbell. They weren't, they were a thriving company. They weren't doing too amazing, but they were thriving. And they went on Shark Tank and pitched the sharks on their product. And the sharks was like, nah, we don't really want it. And uh, I thought it was a bad idea, the Ring Doorbell. My girlfriend thought it was a good idea, but all the sharks thought it was a bad idea too. Fast forward a few months later, we're having an argument about whether the shark, you know, the ring doorbell is a good idea. And I said, okay, I'm going to check on them. I check on their net worth for the company. The country's company is worth like 400 million suddenly. So I'm wondering what happened. I'm doing some research about it. Uh, turns out 
that the ring doorbell, one of the sharks had actually taken it and put it on QVC. This company went wild. I believe also they were acquired by Amazon, a distribution channel. The company went wild. So what does that mean? So ring doorbell, they looked up like where, where are their customers already looking at? Where are their customers already, where are their eyes of their customer already watching? And so QVC might be the answer. A lot of people were coming to QVC to look at house-made products. They just took their message, the ring doorbell, stuck it in front of them. The company went wild, blew up overnight. And they're never turning back. Success, I mean, my girlfriend and her mother just got one recently the other day. That's the principle that we've been missing out on all along. Put your message where people can see it. You know, and so I started to try to implement that that very day take my message and put it where other people can see it and so it it really didn't work at first it, i was kind of struggling with it you know i had built up an email list of writers and i was like hey do you want to be affiliates for me uh i wrote the sales letter uh put it you know at first i said put it in people's dms and no one called me okay because they were the bottom of the sales message said book a call with me using this link Okay, that didn't work. That was before I had heard this message. So I kind of switched my message. Um, it was like, I said, uh, everybody who's on my email list, take the sales message that I got. And there was only like five people participating and put it on places like forums and things like that where people can see this message. And if they're interested, they can just book a call with me. Jimmy, if you're watching this video, what's up? Guy from Jim, Jim you know, named Jimmy from Washington was the first person that called me. Oh, wow, that's interesting. I got a call. Um, it was a little sticky process at first, but I got a little better, a little better, and a little better, and a little better. And uh, I haven't made a ton of money from freelance writing at this point. I'm documenting the process as I go along, and like I said, in this little notebook. Um, two years have gone in that notebook, and a lot of money. <laughs> it's crazy, some of the information. That, you know, I might share it one day, but I might not. Uh, but this podcast is dedicated to getting some of that information, you know, you know, disseminating some of that information to the internet. But, um, you know, fast forward of trying it, you know, a lot of the problems was a lot of people would call me. I got so many calls during that period of time, but I didn't really know how to sell on the phone. So that, that was another issue. And so I got better and better and better at everything that came with having the people come to you on autopilot. And long story short, I've been in multiple four figure deals that, I didn't have to pitch them for it at all. Um, I just closed the deal uh, a few weeks ago. This is a lady in uh, Colorado. Um, the deal was about for two grand. Uh, it was only 36 pages because um, I wrote a little book. And, uh, you know, I still got to get in contact with her about her campaign. Um, but that's, that's that has nothing to do with this video, I guess. I really want to talk to her about that. But, uh, I had gotten multiple figure deals of people just calling me because they seen my messages in places. Okay. Um, and I'm in talks with a few different people right now, but these, I'm never going to get a four figure deal again. I'm asking for 10 grand minimum and up because a lot comes with this. You know, I, I realize writing for these four grand projects, I mean, for these, uh, four figure projects that, uh, that's still a lot of work for two grand. And um, on top of that, you can't really 
do anything for your client at four grand. You can't run a whole six month campaign with two, three grand, four grand, four, even five grand. So you're gonna have to make it a little bigger than you are. And um, so I got the result. Uh, not only that, man, uh, if you don't know, I've, I've moved out to Los Angeles, if you couldn't tell from some of my old videos. And life out here was pretty good into the coronavirus hit, but now we're quarantined. But it's been beautiful. I'm seeing Santa Monica. Um, I'm not working a regular job and I probably will never, I don't think I'll ever work a regular job again. Um, exploring the city. You know, we're doing some hustles to make money come in because the writing, you know, the, the tech, you know, my writing business is not like blowing up and making serious cash or anything like that. So we're hustling a lot in so many different ways, but I'm enjoying and I'm loving life. And, uh, you know, a lot of my mentality switched when I realized, um, when I figured out the key, you know, I've rekindled, I'm start, I've started to talk to my family again. Uh, we're in a really good place. You know, I mean, my girlfriend, really good place, uh, everything's just been I'm, I'm i'm happy now i remember we were riding the other day and i my girlfriend asked me like if you could if you had a million dollars right now what would you what would you do i couldn't i said i wouldn't really do nothing i realized like there's nothing i really want to do like i i'm kind of satiated right now i kind of have everything i want you know and that's not about getting cash in that's kind of just about I don't know, like my perspective and my mindset just changed as a result of the journey overall. I don't even know how to describe it. I feel like I'm a different type of person. But that's all I really have to say about this in, in this personal video right here. Um, I'm coming out. With, I'm coming with another video tomorrow. And so I really recommend you watch out for that one. It's going to be amazing. Uh, if it's not already up right now, I might post it in this, all in the same day. But uh, man, that's all I really have to say, man. Pitching is bad. Pitching does not work. Put, put, you'll never have a, you know, consistent sales, one. You'll never have big ticket sales, two. And you'll never have a real business as a freelance writer by pitching. Pitching is the one thing that you're, that's slowing you down and hurting you the most, I promise you. Not even just the mental dynamic of pitching somebody, it is trash. So freelance writers, stop pitching. This podcast is, I'm going on a mission to, Help every freelance writer never have to send out a pitch again. To learn how to automate and build systems, you know, and make a real business and not just be a freelancer to have clients coming in. And I mean 10, you know, 10 grand clients. Okay. And like I said, this is not me talking from the position of an all-knowing expert. Not at all. This is me talking from the position of somebody that's documenting a process. Okay. And so, um... I have a little training series of five videos. Now look, with this training series, I wanna say, I will not sell you anything in this training series. I will not pitch you on, there's no single, there's not a single pitch for a product in this training series. Not a single one. I really just wanna help out. That's all I really wanna do. You know, I'm not gonna to try to sell you anything. I mean, there's no product, there's nothing for you to buy at all in this training series. But uh, there's a training series of uh, five videos and it's on my website. It's a it's at www.memoirlaunch.com slash writing secrets. And what that training video uh, series does, it goes into a lot more detail than I am right here on some of the stuff that I'm talking about, like building the distribution channel and setting up, you know, things to automate your business and client flow and how to get high paying clients, all that stuff. It goes a lot into that. It goes, it goes into insane details. And the way that works is that you sign up and you really want to know some of this stuff because it is intense. It is intense. Uh, you go to the page, you, it's a free download. You just download it. Um, and also on that page, you should be able to send me like a little message of questions that you have for me. And I'll include the question in the podcast. Um, 
cool stuff but it's a it's a you know you'll get one training video per day um it's five overall and they'll pretty much this is like the bible of freelance writing it'll pretty much open your eyes but uh yeah uh if you are a, a freelance writer and you're interested in getting clients on autopilot that pay well and that you actually like this is the podcast this is the series for you and uh keep up with me man keep up with me in the next video like i said you know and start taking notes alongside of me i got this little red notepad i, I, I want to show you in the next video and i'm taking i'm taking notes on everything that i'm the man that thing is expansive and i really want you to see it um but other than that man my name is dallas this is the freelance writing secrets um, go to www.memoirlaunch.com slash writing secrets and I look forward to having you over there. Thank you for watching this video, man. I really appreciate it. I'll see you in the next one. Peace out. No more pitching. Stop pitching right now. <laughs>